This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the federal courts are making life very interesting for some Florida politicians. For starters, we've got Monday's decision from the U.S. Supreme Court that says discrimination against gays, lesbians, and transgender persons in the workplace is the equivalent of sex discrimination, which means it's illegal under federal law. State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith calls it a ray of hope in the fight for equality. This ruling is an incredible victory, but it comes at a time and a moment when the nation is grappling with finding equality and justice for all. And it's moments like these that serve as bright lights to help fortify us in the struggle for equality for everyone, not just LGBTQ Americans that continues every day. You'll hear more from Representative Smith during the Sunrise interview later in the podcast. A federal judge in Tallahassee who ruled against the state in a case involving the voting rights of former felons is refusing the governor's request to put its decision on hold while that case is being appealed to the circuit court in Atlanta. Speaking of the 11th Circuit, they've just rejected an appeal from a state lawmaker who tried to get out of a lawsuit by claiming he has both legislative and sovereign immunity. The court said Representative Chuck Clements is not protected in this case and the lawsuit can continue. The state health department reported 1,758 new cases of COVID-19 Monday, which was actually an improvement compared to Saturday and Sunday when we added more than 4,000 new cases. We'll also have your calendar of events and check in with a Florida man who went for the trifecta, public racism, public sexism, and public urination. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, January 16th. Coronavirus has now claimed the lives of 3,030 people in Florida, eight more than the day before. The health department reported almost 1,800 new cases of COVID-19 Monday, pushing the official total to 77,325. But if you include the number of people who tested positive for antibodies, we now have more than 85,000 COVID-positive people in Florida. Remember when Donald Trump suggested people should try an anti-malarial drug called hydroxychloroquine to fight COVID-19? Remember when Florida Governor Ron DeSantis followed the president's lead by using his connections to the White House to get more than a million doses of the drug shipped to Florida. Let's flash back to April 7th in the cabinet room of the state capitol. One of the things that physicians um, have been using is this hydroxychloroquine, usually com- uh, uh, combined with, with the z I was able to work with Teva Pharmaceuticals uh, to get some of that distributed, a lot of it in southern Florida. Um, Teva was having problems getting this out of India recently. So they did the first shipment. Then they told us, like, India is not letting any of this there. That's where their factory was. Uh, I spoke to President Trump, and then he spoke to Prime Minister Modi. And Modi has made an exception for the United States. So Teva is bringing more um, of this into the United States. They have sent a second shipment already to Florida. Uh, that includes not just the hydroxychloroquine, but also the ZPAC, um, which is, which is uh, something that they're using it with. And then we have um, Amil Pharmaceuticals. Uh, we got a million doses uh, coming to Tallahassee. That will immediately be sent out to hospitals uh, throughout the state of Florida. The governor even arranged for a video testimonial from a patient in Miami who thought hydroxychloroquine had saved his life. But on Monday, the Food and Drug Administration withdrew its emergency authorization for the use of the drug for COVID-19, saying it is no longer reasonable to believe that it's effective in treating the disease. One question now, how much tax money did we spend on those one million doses? 
Two of the four welcome centers operated by the state have reopened to the public for the first time since March when they were shut down due to coronavirus. The welcome stations on Interstate 10 near the Alabama border and Interstate 75 near the Georgia border were once known for free orange juice they handed out to visitors. Now they will be providing face masks as part of the COVID-19 protocols. Visit Florida President Danny Young says they have more than 400,000 masks. A federal judge in Tallahassee says he will not let Florida off the hook while the governor appeals his decision in a landmark voting rights lawsuit. U.S. District Judge Robert Hinkle has already ruled that Florida's 2019 law requiring former felons to pay all court costs, fees, fines, and restitution before they can have their voting rights restored amounts to an unconstitutional pay-to-vote system. The governor is appealing. His lawyers wanted Judge Hinkle to delay his ruling until the appeals court weighs in, claiming the state would be harmed if the order is in effect during the upcoming elections. Well, Judge Hinkle refused and said the only ones facing irreparable harm are the hundreds of thousands of Floridians who would be barred from voting this year if the state gets its way. A federal appeals court refuses to dismiss a lawsuit against a state representative who blocked a constituent from his social media accounts. Gainesville resident Peter Atwood claims Representative Chuck Clements of Newberry uses social media as an official part of his office, and when the lawmaker blocked him, Atwood says his First Amendment rights were violated because he was prevented from taking part in public forums the lawmaker hosted on Twitter and Facebook. Representative Clemens lost at the trial level and appealed to the circuit court in Atlanta, saying the lawsuit should be dismissed because he has legislative immunity and is protected by the concept of sovereign immunity, which basically means you can't sue the state. The appeals court rejected both claims and said the lawsuit can continue. A landmark ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court affirming the rights of LGBT persons in the workplace. Conservative bloggers are absolutely losing it because two conservatives sided with the liberals. Next up on the Sunrise Interview, we'll talk with Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith about the impact of that decision here in Florida. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast on Florida politics, and we are much obliged. Florida Hospital Association members are safe, ready, and equipped to care for all Floridians. As our hospitals resume elective procedures, ensuring the safety and well-being of our patients, employees, and communities remains our first priority. Contact your local healthcare provider for information on visitation policies, access restrictions, and how to get needed care safely. Please visit the Florida Hospital Association at fha.org slash COVID for more information. Welcome back to the Sunrise Interview. Our guest today is Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith of Orlando, one of the few openly gay lawmakers serving in the Florida legislature. He's been fighting for years to try to find some way to change state law so people cannot be fired for simply being lesbian, gay, or transgender, and frankly, hasn't had much luck in Tallahassee. But the U.S. Supreme Court just took care of that. In a 6-3 decision, the high court said federal anti-discrimination laws from the 60s that prohibit sex discrimination also protect gay and transgender persons. Guillermo Smith says it was a huge win for the LGBTQ community. Yes, this is a tremendous ruling, and it's an incredible day for LGBTQ Americans. The Supreme Court of the United States has affirmed what advocates like myself have argued for a long time, which is that anti-LGBTQ discrimination is sex discrimination, and it's illegal under federal law. The uh, impact of this ruling is immediate, and every American now can rest assured that they can no longer be fired or denied employment simply for being gay or transgender. And that is a huge development. It's huge news. Are you surprised that uh, Chief Justice Roberts and Justice Neil Gorsuch sided with the liberals? (laughs) Uh, I'm a little surprised. 
surprised. Uh, I will admit it because we've not seen a lot of good decisions uh, from this Supreme Court. But at the same time, you have to really stop and understand that a majority of Americans feel that anti-LGBTQ discrimination is wrong, including conservatives and Republicans, because the concept of equality for all and being judged on your merits, not on who you are or who you love or the color of your skin, that is that is a popular attitude uh, that is held by by liberals and conservatives alike. Now, there's certainly people out there who disagree with it, but they are uh, extreme and outside of the mainstream of American thinking on this. Now, Florida is what's known as a right-to-work state, which is sort of a misnomer. It just means the boss can fire you for any reason or no reason at all. Will this still provide new protections for the, the community? Yes, because there are uh, reasons that you cannot fire someone, uh, which now include uh, being gay or transgender. Before uh, this ruling came down, it was only the case in Florida that you couldn't fire someone um, based on sex, based on their religion, their disability, their race, uh, or their ethnicity. But now uh, that the courts have very strongly interpreted uh, anti-LGBTQ discrimination as being sex discrimination, uh, LGBTQ workers are now protected from discrimination in the state of Florida. But this is only related to the workplace and employment protections. This does not immediately have an impact on things like discrimination against LGBT people in healthcare or housing or public accommodations, but there is a very strong implication there that that is the case. This ruling has tremendous uh, consequences for the LGBTQ community that are positive even beyond workplace. Now, for several years, people in Tallahassee have been trying to place, uh, pass the Workplace Protection Act and include um, LGBTQ in the civil rights protection under state law. Does this ruling today mean that that's no longer a thing, or is it something that still needs to be pursued in, in Tallahassee? Right. Um, not at all. Quite the opposite. Uh, the need for comprehensive non-discrimination legislation protecting LGBTQ Floridians is real and it's urgent. Uh, we have year after year come forward with legislation that has prohibited discrimination in the workplace, in housing, and in public accommodations because those are the protections offered under the Florida Civil Rights Act. Well, now we can at least check one of those three boxes with employment as it relates to this ruling, but that doesn't mean that uh, we don't have work left to do and that we don't have bills left to pass to enact and extend those protections. We do. We still need to not only codify this ruling to make it absolutely clear, but we also have to extend these protections beyond employment into housing, public accommodations, and other areas as well. So will there be a celebration tonight? Well, you know, this is definitely uh, a great day 
for LGBTQ Americans. And I can't help but think that during these times when there is so much frustration around uh, the inequities that exist, not only around LGBTQ Floridians, but also against Black and African-American people who are living in this country. You see the protests around George Floyd. This is a good day for everyone because what it means is that the Supreme Court has made a strong, a strong ruling in favor of equality, but we still have a lot of work to do, no question. This ruling is an incredible victory, but it comes at a time and a moment when the nation is grappling with finding equality and justice for all. And it's moments like these that serve as bright lights to help fortify us in the struggle for equality for everyone, not just LGBTQ Americans that continues every day. Representative Jennifer Webb of Gulfport calls it a historic day and a cause for celebration. State Representative Evan Jenny of Hollywood says the ruling means hundreds of thousands of Florida employees will finally have a safe workplace for the first time in their lives. Representative Anna Eskimani of Orlando calls it a monumental step forward, and they all say it's time for the state legislature to pass the Florida Competitive Workforce Act, which would provide housing and public accommodations protections for the LGBTQ community. Your calendar of events today is loaded down with trustees. The Florida Real Estate Commission meets at 8.15, followed by the St. Pete College Board of Trustees. They're meeting at 9. The Palm Beach State College Board of Trustees meets at 11. The Board of Nursing Home Administrators meets at 11. Florida International University's Board of Trustees meets at 2. The Santa Fe College Board of Trustees meets at 2. The trustees of Northwest Florida State College meet at 3. The Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services Hemp Advisory Committee holds a conference call at 4. Trustees at North Florida College meet at 5.30 in Madison and and the Pasco Hernando State College Board of Trustees meets at 6 in Brooksville. And finally today, it's time for the continuing adventures of Florida Man, the superhero we certainly do not need, but probably deserve. A Florida man is busted in the Keys after being accused of exposing himself, urinating in public, and shouting racist and sexist slurs at people who spotted him. A man and woman told the Monroe County deputies they were in their driveway when they saw 58-year-old Eric John Van Buskirk of Stock Island with his pants down, urinating through their chain-link fence. When they honked at him, he responded with racial slurs. And when deputies arrived, Van Buskirk was yelling sexual slurs at a neighboring property owner. Well, at least you can say the Florida Keys are finally getting back to normal. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.